the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, Friday, June 24th, 2022. Let me give off the phone, give out the phone number real quick. Your open lines, Friday, 602-508-0960. I figure a lot of you might have a lot to say on a day like today, and that's what we are here for. Um, the question has been asked uh, many a time, what kind of a country – are we what kind of a country will we continue to be? And a lot of that will be known within the next, oh, five to 10 days, I suppose, in the way the left and the radical elements in the society deal with the Supreme Court decision today, ultimately, finally overturning Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. You knew that there was fencing going up around the Supreme Court for the past several days reported it here. You have seen the protests at the justices' homes, but only some of the justices' homes with no federal enforcement against it when it is a violation of the law. You have seen an attempted assassination against Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice, with no comment whatsoever from the president or the vice president. You had the press secretary of the White House saying that she hopes that the protests continue in front of the conservative Supreme Court justices' homes, even though it is a violation of law, whether those protests are peaceful or not. And today you have stories like this. Our Rights D.C. group planning protest outside Justice Clarence Thomas's house. Arkansas Department of Health warns that there will be violence against crisis pregnancy centers. You have headlines like this. Washington, D.C. bridge shut down after man scales 1,400-foot structure to protest Roe versus Wade decision, Roe versus Wade reversal. Why is the violence of only one ideology of concern in America today? You have a very large disconnect in this country between the January 6th hearings and the violence that has taken place and is being threatened over the Supreme Court decision. On the one hand, you have the rioters from January 6th, whom no one had ever heard of, who spoke on behalf of no official party, Republican or otherwise, that were denounced in real time by every Republican you had ever heard of and have since been denounced by every Republican you have ever heard of. And yet there are these hearings going on trying to tie the Republican Party to the January 6th violence. That's taking place in one sector of the American mind. In the other sector of the American mind, you have violent act after violent act after violent act being encouraged, winked at, and Soto Voce endowed by Democrats everyone has heard of. Everyone. 
you certainly had the summer of riots in 2020. That rioting led to over two dozen deaths and 14,000 arrests and $2 billion worth of damage. You have the current vice president of the United States on record saying that those protests should not have stopped and should not stop. She also helped fund a bail program to get people arrested in that rioting out of prison. You had Democrat after Democrat bowing to those kinds of protests and riots. You had Democrats on the Senate and in the House of Representatives denouncing the effort to protect federal courthouses in Oregon against those riots. And then, of course, you have Jane's Revenge, which is openly posting flyers in D.C. to target the conservative Supreme Court justices with their lives, to target them with their lives. And so far as we know, there is no action on this whatsoever. None. Zero. Null set. Where do you think the left got the notion to act with impunity when they get a decision they don't like or a policy they don't like? Where did the left get the notion that it was okay to riot and be violent? Well, they got it from very prominent Democrats. And I will tell you, you can find no analog. You will find no analogy or comparison to any Republican you have ever heard of or that you can think of that has spoken like this to their supporters or the American people. Not one. Bill put together a little bit of a montage for us. The first voice you hear is Hillary Clinton's. The second is former Attorney General Eric Holder. The third is either Cory Booker or Maxine Waters. I think it's Cory Booker. The the fourth one is is Cory Booker, United States Senator, Senate Judiciary Committee. And then we'll finally have Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi. You will not find Republicans talking to their supporters or anyone else like this. Bill? You cannot be civil with a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. But Michelle says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what this new Democratic Party is about. Go to the Hill today. Get up and please... Get up in the face of some Congress people. Did you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station? You get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. I want to tell you, Gorsuch. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh. You have released the whirlwind, and you will pay the price. You won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful decisions. Shouldn't that be done by a commission or the city council, not a mob in the middle of the night throwing it into the harbor? People will do what they do. People will do what they do. That was in 2020 when Nancy Pelosi was asked about a riot in Baltimore. People will do what they do. You want to know where they get the idea? That violence is okay. You want to get the. You want to know where they get the idea 
that democratic institutions and constitutional principles only matter when they favor them, listen to them. Listen to them. You will not hear Republicans talk this way, not to their supporters, not to anyone else. That Hillary Clinton uh, comment that we cannot be civil until we take back the majority of the House and Senate, we cannot be civil until then, that wasn't even in a rally. That wasn't even said to supporters. That was said on a Sunday interview show. I think it was a Sunday interview show. Yeah, it was. It was said on a Sunday interview show, calmly. Yeah, some of them say it loudly and and, uh, angrily. Some of them just say it calmly because they believe it. All of them believe that it is okay to upset the Democratic apple carts and the institutions and the processes of democracy when the ends are when the ends justify it they are a party of the means being justified by the ends it's a dangerous political party there should have been a uniform decision by the democrats in power today knowing this decision was coming to say while we disagree with the decision we will roll up our sleeves and work to overturn it using the judicial processes that gave us the freedom that we cherished in the first place. And in the meantime, we will all be Americans and civilly respect what the Supreme Court of the United States came out with today. They should have had a uniform blanket concept put together to tell the American people that we are on the side of no violence. We are on the side of democratic processes. We are on the side of separation of powers. We are on the side of calm, cool, collective heads and that we aren't going to lose them because we are outcome based and that any decision we don't like, we will unleash in Chuck Schumer's words, the whirlwind. You listen to what Joe Biden said today calling this un-American, calling this extreme? Boy, the old Joe Biden who chaired the Senate Judiciary Committee, which confirmed all those members of the Supreme Court back in the day, he would have been offended by today's president, Joe Biden. I would have liked to have thought. Maybe in a better time, we wouldn't have these kinds of comments from these kinds of Democrats. But maybe, maybe with a better Democratic Party, they wouldn't have these kinds of leaders either. 602-508-0960. I'll give my official monologue in the third hour. We have a lot more to do, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature. I take it every single day. Their combination of fruits and veggies in one daily dose will boost your health, your immunity, and your energy. 100% natural from the capsule to the ingredients and 100% and third-party tested for all kinds of impurities. Nothing added except a blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables balance of nature.com i take it every day sometimes i even take more than once a day if i need a little extra pick me up when that afternoon lag comes in balance of nature.com make sure to use discount code balance let's go to keith in atlanta hi keith how you doing Seth? i'm doing well sir how are you uh, it's a pretty good day i would think but, so you know, Really a, a monumental day today. I mean, and the people who've been praying for years about this deserve the ones uh, 
the attaboy. And I have to admit, I was not one of those people because I just never thought this day was going to come. And my prayers were directed other places, but those people really deserve a lot of praise. Uh, t- 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 yeah, I, I'm curious to know uh, in the audience uh, two questions, and you're answering one of them, I suppose, Keith. One is, did you think this could happen, A, and B, did you change your mind on the issue? Did you ever have a different position on this issue? Was it changed over time? Mine was. I, uh, You know, mine was. I mean, it's been a pro-life position for 30 years, but, you know, prior to 30 years ago, I wasn't so – I didn't take the issue as seriously as, as I ultimately ended up taking it. Right. I, I wonder where you are on that. Well, I, I had a libertarian stance probably 30 years ago, and I took the approach that as a man I had no right to, to – um, claim what a woman was going through but over years looking at the side of it it really was there's there's a, a human life that's involved in this as well that you you just take out of the equation and i i feel bad for a lady that it you know that's going through this i, I can't place myself in her position but there is a human life involved in it to say there's not that's that alone is wrong well, I, you know, I, I Keith, I, I think when you want to talk about you – if you want to talk about a society that values civility in life, you have to take a larger view of what Roe versus Wade did to our politics. And, 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 and I think it's made in some respects politics very hard in America. And I think politics changed in America after Roe versus Wade. Because it took one of the most um, sincerely uh, held and cherished issues out of the hands of the American people and out of the hands of democratic debate. And it encrusted it in a time that was frozen in 1973 in a decision that, by the way, was made by nine men, seven men anyway, uh, two, two men dissented. Men did have a voice on this, and no one seemed to think that it was a problem that men had a voice or a vote on this. But that's the small point. The larger point is by removing this from politics and depriving sincerely held beliefs about protecting the innocent and life and learning, as we did, about the gruesome nature of the process and the procedure that was taking place under the guise of a constitutionally protected right as handed down by the Supreme Court, though found nowhere in the Constitution itself, I think it continued to debase politics in this country. I think it made it very, very difficult to have serious civil political engagement in this country while Roe versus Wade was the law of the land. Yeah. You, about what's going on where Jay's Revenge is calling yeah. for action yeah that alone merrick garland should be on that right now calling this domestic terrorism yep and saying we're going to start reining in the people who are calling for this and justice will be served but you don't hear anything from that side the left actually promotes this by not only will we actually see them promote it verbally but because they condone it they do not take action against this we know they're supporting it and, and it's it's just one side, and it's very dangerous today. You know, given all that's been threatened, and given that there is now added an extra security around the Supreme Court justices and the Supreme Court building itself, you would think 
that the federal government would arrest today, today, every single illegal protester in front of every Supreme Court justice's house in Washington, Virginia and Maryland. You would think they would do that today. They aren't and they won't. Well, what, what's to stop the pro-life people to go out there and um, countering the protesters in front of these justices' houses at the same time? What's to stop them? The law. It's illegal. Okay. It is, illi- it so is a federal law that you cannot protest within so many feet of a Supreme Court's res- uh, justice's residence. It is a federal so law. Yeah, it is so a law, saying, saying, peaceful or otherwise. Yeah, so what you're saying is probably true. The left would be arresting the pro-life people that would Well, be that them. or that the pro-lifers respect the law a little bit more. Yeah, that's true. And that's, that's true. That's what it comes down to. But the, I, but the, I don't know the, of a case. I mean, I'm willing to be corrected on this, but I don't know of a case of pro-lifers or other conservatives marching in front of Supreme Court justices' homes on the uh, against the Supreme Court justices whom they disagree with. I just don't know that that's ever happened. No, no. What I'm saying is the pro-life people going to the pro to the conservative justices' house, the countering. Yeah, them. well, it's against the law, and I think we respect the I, law more. That's yeah, why. Yeah. I mean, uh, irrespective but, but, of who's going to arrest who, we don't we don't break the law here on our side. We think the law matters. Yeah, we believe in a consistency. We're, we're, we were against. What took place in 2020 under the name of BLM, and I think most of us were against, at least all the prominent Republicans I saw, were against the illegal rioting that took place on January 6th. We don't have a consistency problem in my party. They do on theirs. All right. Have, have a great weekend. It's uh, yes. starting off pretty good. <laughs> yes, it is. It's starting off pretty good. I hope it stays that way, though, because I am worried. I am very much worried about the air of violence that has been stoked by the left and the Democrats and the Democratic leadership in this country. Police departments in major cities across the country are on double duty monitoring leftist extremist extremist groups, leftist extremist groups in light of the decision of the Dobbs case, according to the New York Post today. New York City cops braced for a long night with beefed-up patrols as pro-abortion protesters plan to gather in Washington Square and Union Square in Manhattan on Friday night. In Dallas, Texas, workers boarded up windows on a federal building downtown and were seen putting fencing around the perimeter as one social media group urged protesters to avoid posting pictures online and to wear a mask and nondescript clothing. Think about that. Wear a mask and nondescript clothing so that you can get away with violence. Why is it when there's an important case that could go the wrong way to the left imagination or when there's an important decision that could go the wrong way to the left imagination, you have to double and beef up the police in this country while at the same time Republicans are being called the violent ones? Why is that? 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. There's one great voice, Tricia Yearwood. Here's another one, my candidate for Governor Karen Taylor Robeson. You can follow her on Twitter at Karen for Arizona, K-A-R-R-I-N, the number four, Arizona, or her website, Karen, F-O-R, Arizona.com. Karen Taylor Robeson, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Seth. Thank you for having me. I love giving out your Twitter account. It's so fun. The Arizona Democratic Party denounced you today and said in a statement, Karen Taylor Robeson celebrated an abortion ban as a victory for life and a huge step forward in protecting women. And you wrote back, that's absolutely right. Women deserve better than abortion. Karen, I've known you a long time. The audience knows I've known you for a long time. You've known this audience for a long time. What they may not know about you is how long you have labored in the pro-life community for years. You have been a longtime supporter of Maggie's Place. Maybe you can say a word about that. You have been a supporter of Feminists for Life for years, an organization you know, providing pro-life resources to college-aged women. You've been doing that for years while your opponent was out working for and endowing the most pro-abortion president in the country. Then has the gall, by the way, after our president, Donald Trump, leaves office to tell us we've been wrong all these years. Anyway, on a day like today, Karen, your thoughts on the Supreme Court decision and your thoughts on how we can help better nurture a culture of life after this decision. Well, Seth, thank you for having me on. And yes, today is a victory for life across our, our great state and across our great nation. You know, it's been five decades and tens of millions of babies that uh, we'll never know. And so it, it is a day to celebrate. And I, you know, I have spent an awful lot of time and energy uh, helping to support women. And you mentioned Maggie's yeah, Place. Yeah, tell us about a, Maggie's a, Place. That's yeah. a beautiful organization you've been involved with. Tell it, us about them. Yes, and, and you know, it's homegrown in, in Arizona. Maggie's Place provides homes for pregnant women and allows the women to stay in the home for a period of time after her baby is born, just to provide a supportive and, and nurturing environment for women. And, you know, we have many, many crisis pregnancy centers yep. uh, in, in Arizona as well. I just toured one recently, and, and it's amazing to me the outpouring of support from our community for these pregnancy centers. Uh, you know, we have to, to foster that culture of life that, that you just referenced. We have to let women know that there are nonviolent choices out there. And, you know, I firmly believe that, that abortion is evidence that we have failed women. And, and we have to take this opportunity to, to, to create and foster a culture of life. You know, when you become governor of Arizona, you will have the opportunity to appoint judges in this state uh, and throughout this state, whether it's uh, Arizona Supreme Court or lower level uh, uh, lower level courts. You've argued in front of all those judges that are there now, I think, over the course of your career. But is this going to be an issue for you when you look to appointing judges as governor of Arizona? You know, when I when I look to uh, appoint judges, I will look to judges that uh, are are uh, interpreting the law, not making the law. Good. Uh, and, and and that's one of the the reasons that we need to celebrate this decision today. Uh, it, it was decided by unelected uh, jurists and not uh, not by our elected representatives. And so this this decision will allow the American people and in Arizona, the Arizona people specifically to debate and discuss 
this issue through their elected representatives. I mean, this is really a victory for democracy. And in fact, it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg who talked about uh, the ramifications of Roe um, when she said that it didn't it didn't solve the issue, it didn't put an end to the issue, but rather it it uh, exacerbated the debate and and where nobody had an opportunity to to go to their elected officials uh, in a meaningful way to to to, to discuss you know in each state what that state wants to do when it comes to uh, protecting the unborn. And so I think, you know, we're going to see an opportunity for federalism to work and for each state to determine, uh, you know, what they're going to do in this in this situation. I find it laughable that uh, the Democrats are saying that this was an assault on our democracy and against the majoritarian wishes of the American people. If they weren't so afraid of the majoritarian wishes of the American people, they'd let them have their say on it. We've just expanded the right to talk and vote on this issue by thousands. We've taken it from nine unelected people and given it to several thousand state legislators across the country based on what the people in those states want. That's an expansion of democracy and debate. I thought we were supposed to be for that, right, Karen? I have to take a quick break. I want to come back with you. Exactly right. Talk, uh, Talk a little bit more about this with you on the other side of this break. This was a quick segment. We'll have a longer one coming right back. We're talking to Karen Taylor Robeson, my candidate for governor. KarenForArizona.com is her website. That's K-A-R-R-I-N-F-O-R-Arizona.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Honored to have Karen Taylor Robeson as our guest. KarenForArizona.com is her website. She is my candidate for Governor Karen, uh, on a day like today, which we both agree is a great day, given what the Supreme Court has done in restoring not only uh, constitutionalism in this country, but the protection of all life, especially the most vulnerable life, I wanted to remind the audience how much you've been laboring in these fields for years, for years, supporting places like Maggie's Place. I would urge our audience to take a look at Maggie's Place for their help. You've been a member of Feminist for Life. But that's one of the things I've communicated to the audience for a while now, Karen, is for years, before you ever decided to run for office, you have rolled up your sleeves and been doing work on behalf of great conservative causes. Uh, when we were working, the when we were efforting uh, to keep drugs illegal in this state, you rolled up your sleeves and held fundraisers to oppose drug legalization. You wrote op-eds on behalf of that. When it came to teaching civics, you rolled up your sleeves and made a national issue of it. It started here in Arizona. When it came to protecting free speech on college campuses, you were the first member of a board of regents and trustees in this country to come up with the idea of how to do that, and that has taken off nationally. Again, on the pro-life cause, you've been there for years. It must rub you, I just personally, it must rub you hard when you hear someone who has been nowhere in the fields, nowhere on any of these issues to be found. In fact, I can tell you I had asked her when she wasn't running for office for help in these areas only to be refused. It must rub you a little bit difficultly or harshly to uh, to to hear the kinds of things your opponent is saying about these issues in you while she was out working for Barack Obama and you were doing this kind of work. Well, um, Seth, you're absolutely right. Carrie Lake has tried to distort my my record, in particular, when it comes to uh, the life issue, she has called me pro-abortion, which can't is, is so far from the truth. 
Um, you know, and, and it's real rich coming from a woman who not only donated to Barack Obama, but she walked doors for Barack Obama. She also, uh, for people who don't remember this, uh, Obama nominated Merrick Garland to the Supreme Court, right. and and I forget the exact words, but she she had. I, I, I have the words. I have them. I have them. He would be a very yeah. good justice, was what Kerry Lake said. Yeah, and I can tell you that if he was on the Supreme Court, we would never have seen this day. That's right. Uh, that that we all have have uh, to rejoice today. And Barack Obama, I believe. When he was a senator in Illinois, he was the sponsor of a piece of legislation that would allow abortion right up to the moment of birth and and maybe even beyond. Maybe even beyond, because some of the testimony from the nurses in Illinois that I was talking to at the time were saying that that was the issue. You had these babies that were slated for abortion that were born. And Barack Obama, as a state legislator, was efforting the uh, efforting the um, the the uh, the procedure that would have given those 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 mothers the right to, quote unquote, an effective abortion as a 1977 decision in the Fourth Circuit held. He was literally the most pro-abortion president and state legislator in the country's history. So I don't know how you square support for someone like that with now her newfound, um, you know, her, her newfound credentials claiming to be pro-life. Um, but but I want to I want to you you reference feminists for life. Yeah. And I want to put a plug in Good. for them. Feminists for life has really been um, just champions on our college campuses across this country, um, just bringing a feminist message to this issue. And I have learned so much just reading reading their materials and, and listening to their message. And, you know, they, they, you know, give evidence and they talk about our early feminists in America, from Elizabeth Cady Stanton to Alice Paul, who drafted the Equal Rights Amendment. Mm-hmm. These women were all pro-life. I mean, they, in their writings and their speeches, you know, they said abortion is the ultimate violence against women. And, and how we have gone so far afield from that today is just, um, it's, it's sad. At, at a minimum, and women deserve better. We have to do better for women. We have to let women know that there are nonviolent cho- violent choices out there. And I also want to give a nod to the state of Texas, yep. who is, have recently appropriated a hundred million dollars to support uh, pregnancy care centers. And you know, I think I think it, uh, it would be a, a good um, path to follow, so that we we can let women know that. That uh, we will support them, we will support their children, uh, their babies during during their pregnancy, so that they don't have to choose abortion. Karen, that's a great point because we on this side of the life slash abortion debate are often told we seem to only care about babies before they're born. That's absolutely uh, a slander. It's not true. We have been laboring in these fields. You have been for years, whether they are places like Maggie's Places or Crisis Pregnancy Centers or the kinds of things you're saluting that the state of Texas did. It's, it's, it's almost as if everything the media says about Republicans and abortion is wrong. Almost as if. I think one of the other interesting points about this, Karen, is that there are so many women who are the most outspoken on the pro-life side of this. We're told by certain women in D.C., Nancy Pelosi, Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I saw today, that that that. 
if 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 this were about men, it would never happen. I was I heard them saying things like this is an assault against women. Why is almost every major pro-life spokesperson a woman if this were such an assault against women? It makes no sense to yeah. me. I'm missing something here. Yeah, I, you know, I am too. It, it's just a, a head scratcher. But, you know, I, I've had conversations with OBGYN, you know, who, who have to, to tend to women who have had abortion. And, and they've told me they, they're treating women with essentially PTSD, women who are suffering, you know, women from, from 17 to 70 who come to them and they have had to suffer the consequences of, of abortion because society, you know, and, you know, the pop, you know, the culture today is, is telling them that abortion is okay when it isn't okay. And these women have to suffer in silence. And so I will do everything I can to, to, to protect those women and make sure that, you know, the, the women that have, you know, are facing this situation, that they know they have choices. So they don't have to suffer for the rest of their life after being forced into an abortion. Well, Karen, for someone like you who's been working on this issue for years, it should be considered a great day and we should be privileged to have you as our governor. It really should be. And I thank you for on a busy day like today, you spending some time with us. Let me give out your Twitter account one more time, at Karen for Arizona, K-A-R-R-I-N, the number four, Arizona, her website. Karen for Arizona, F-O-R, Arizona. Karen Taylor Ropes and Godspeed, and thank you for your strong voice and your strong support for the pro-life cause for all these years. Thank you, Seth. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. I'm Seth Liebson. Your call's coming up next. Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Y-Refi. Y-Refi is offering a great opportunity for investments. If you are interested in a fixed no-load interest rate up to 10.25% return for investors in a secure and collateralized portfolio, check out my friends at Y-Refi. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, and then R-E-F-Y.com. Y-Refi is a due diligence approved firm helping people do their best to dig out a debt and do so the right way by actually paying off their debts. Investyrefi.com. Let me go to Peggy real quick. Hi, Peggy. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Um, my, I just wanted to, the gentleman that's, uh, that spoke to you before Karen came on, um, I would, to me, he presented an a interesting scenario. Uh, suggesting that pro-life people, uh, conservative people, go in front of uh, justices' homes. And and you said, well, they wouldn't because it's against the law. And I agree with that. But I, but I find that it, it's interesting to think of, what if they went and it's not a protest, but they had signs of encouragement um, like we're praying for your family. Just you know. I honestly think it is such a dry tinder that it would be better to de-escalate rather than escalate and leave it to the local law enforcement. Honest opinion, Peggy. That's my view. I just what think it is think such a tinderbox in these neighborhoods. These neighborhoods don't want this. 
They don't need shouting back and forth. They don't need invitations to violence and fights and fisticuffs. I just think it would make the law enforcement part of this much harder, to be honest with you. I just don't think we need to be in the business of breaking the law. Do you you think that the Department of Justice, I mean, um, to me, it's almost like civil disobedience to to make a point um, and risk being arrested, et cetera. Do you think I'm not against civil disobedience, peaceful civil disobedience against unjust or unjust laws at all. I think this is a just law, and I don't think we should Mm -hmm. be on the side of breaking it. Um, I think we should uh, support the safety and the sanctity of these homes and these neighborhoods and these justices. And I think if there is one side there, that should be between police, law enforcement and that side – and not our side joining into that fray and that melee, even if we do nothing but go limp. I just honestly think it adds it adds a match or a potential lighting of a match to a very, very dry brush. That's just my view. I take yours. I understand it. I'm in, you know, viscerally sympathetic to it. But I think when you think about how this works out mechanically – it's an invitation to more violence. That's my own sense. I'm willing to be proven wrong. Thank you, Peggy. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. 